For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. Yes, God had an answer for the chaos that we had chosen. As we begin looking at this part of John 3.16, I want us to focus for just a moment on a single word. The word is that. That. Now let's go back to our English class days, okay? Now that is a conjunction. And what a conjunction does is put two parts of a, ver- of a sentence together. So we've seen the first part of this verse. We've seen the Father, and we've seen the fa- how the Father feels about the world, us. That then combines that part to what his answer is for the problem we had. The word incarnation comes into play in, in, this, in this word, in this uh, thought here, because God became flesh in the form of a little baby. Now, I have a picture here of my three-month-old grandson. I thought, isn't he a beautiful baby? I mean, he just is. So I, I was looking at my pictures on my phone the other day, and, and uh, it caused me to reflect on the gift of Jesus for just a moment. Because at Christmas time, we think about baby Jesus born in a manger, right? And he was born just like this. He, be, he grew as a, as a one-month-old, a two-month-old, a three-month-old. And I realize a lot of people like to picture Jesus like this. A cute, cuddly, controllable baby. But we all know that this is not the Jesus that, uh, that came to the, went to the cross. Jesus, yes, came as a baby, born of a woman, but then he began to grow. A child, a teenager who began to learn the craft of uh, carpentry at the hands of his father Joseph, or his earthly father Joseph, a, ma- a man who be- would become the teacher and healer that we see in the New Testament, and ultimately would be the God-man who went to the cross as a sacrifice for our sins. See, God sent his one and only son into the world knowing what was going to happen to him, knowing the way that he's going to be treated, both received and rejected, knowing the normal everyday rhythms of life that his son would go through just like we go through our normal everyday rhythms of life. Blisters, splinters, bruises, let alone the the hateful and abusive words he would have faced at at the hand of the religious leaders of the day. God knew what his one and only son would go through and experience. And yet he still sent him to earth. And Jesus agreed to come. So so what does this soul love of God cause him to do? Well, what we're told here in this verse is that the father gave because of that love. And the word give here carries the idea of sacrifice taking place. Now, I believe his, his giving is revealed in two different ways to us as we do. First of all, God gave himself. He personally got involved in our situation. So I brought some different kinds of, of gloves with me today. Because when I think of, when I think of uh, involvement in something, I think of gloves. I don't know why, but I do. Anyway, so here we go. Here we go. First of all, these are the, this is a winter glove, right? Okay, this is, a, this is a great glove, okay? Because we all got to experience winter, right? And spring is here. Are you glad? Hey, I'm wearing short sleeves today. I'm anticipating something today, right? Okay, all right. So this is a great glove because not only is it a winter glove, it's also a hunting glove, see? Trigger finger, okay? Now, now here's the second thing we see. Here's another kind of glove. These are, these are field dressing gloves, Okay? I use these after, 
after a successful one of these, okay? Okay, they protect things, right? Okay, so we also have gloves like these, surgical gloves, okay, protect you from pathogens and other things in your, that take place. How about this glove here? I don't know if you've ever seen a, a guy or a lady who played 16-inch softball in Chicagoland way back when. You notice their, their fingers sometimes can take some different kinds of curves because they didn't play with these things here. They played barehanded. A glove protects your hand from getting hit by the ball. And, and see, that's the thing I see with gloves. They are designed with one intention in mind. Gloves protect. They protect our hands from things that our hands can encounter, and they keep things from getting into our skin. Now, when we see God gave, these words should cause us to realize that what God could have chosen to do. God could have chosen where it comes to us to keep the gloves on, to not come in contact with us at all. I mean, we ruined the perfect plan he initially created. And God could have said, ew, I want nothing to do with those people. They're dirty. They have no regard for me whatsoever. I'm done. He could have done that. But he didn't. You see, when Jesus came, God took the gloves off, and he got involved in our world and in our life. In another passage in John, a little earlier, we read this. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, there's a word there I want us to look at for just a moment. The word is dwelling, dwelling. If you look at this word, it is the Old Testament word tabernacled. And I think this is interesting because the tabernacle was the, was the elaborate tent that God had the Israelites create after they came out of Egypt and were working their way toward the promised land. And this elaborate tent was where God was worshipped. Sacrifices were brought there. The presence of, the God, of God was there. But it was a tent. Tents are temporary. We're told in this verse that Jesus, the Word, became flesh and tabernacled among us. And it's an important word here because Jesus did not come to live here on the earth permanently. Jesus came to do the job he was called to do. And when the job was done, he went back where he came from and left his spirit here. Now, Jesus was fully God and fully man at the same time. I'll tell you, guys, I can't, I can't comprehend that myself. I really can't. But I know it had to happen the way it did so that the chaos could be erased and a new beginning could be shared. See, Jesus moved in, and he experienced everything that we do. He would have seen sickness and death. He would have seen times of joy and sorrow. He would have, had, he would have encountered personal hurt and rejection, as well as friendships and great encouragement. He also faced temptation to take wrong steps into disobedience, just like we do. But here's the reality. Every time an opportunity came to take the step off the path the Father laid out in front of him, Jesus said, no, I'm not stepping off the path. I'm following the Father, period. See, when Jesus moved into the world, he encountered everything we do, and yet refused to give in to wrong. 
few weeks ago, the band played the song, No One Understands Like Jesus. I tell you what, these words are so true. Because he understands completely, okay? You say, God doesn't understand. Jesus understands completely everything we go through because he went through it because he moved in. I was on a webinar about microchurch planting a couple weeks ago. One of the presenters talked about what he has seen down in Kansas City. He and his family moved into a neighborhood in the city and just began to meet people around them. So we just wanted to show up and we wanted to see what God was doing and we wanted to partner with what God was doing in the area. So they, they walked their dog when other people were walking their dogs. They grilled out in their front driveway talked with people who went by. They prayed that God would help them see the needs of the people and hear the cries that he wanted them to hear. 18 months after they moved in, Rob met a lady while walking his dog and realized that she wasn't her normal self. And he just asked her, he said, is everything okay? And she said, no, it's not. In fact, she said, I I was thinking about talking to you anyway because every time I meet you and your wife, you seem to have a a certain amount of peace that that I don't have. So they, she came over to their house. They talked. Three weeks later, she chose to follow Jesus. Three weeks after that, a friend of hers who was in a downward spiral accepted Jesus because he realized that something had changed in her life. And when she told him what it was, he said, I've got this. I need that. I need that. Rob told me there are now 24 families in our neighborhood who have chosen to follow Jesus. Three different microchurches have formed. And I love the community and chemistry that's taking place because we are, we are living in community with each other. And we're seeing what God does every day. You see, they moved in with a purpose, and God has been at work. Now, that's purpose on a microcosm. Jesus moved into earth with a purpose, a huge purpose, to change this forever for everyone. God wanted a new beginning to take place. He wanted a relationship with us, but he also knew there was nothing that we could do to set things straight. Jesus, he came to earth. He came to learn, to listen, to experience all we do. He took the gloves off and came to usher the way back to the Father. So that's the first thing I see. Now, the second thing I see is that when God gave, he gave his best. Now, this verse does not say God sent his son. It said that God gave his son. It it was a gift that cost him something. God gave his one and only. Now, by the way, this phrase is unique only to John. You see about God's one and only son? It's only only found in the writings of John. And and one and only brings us the reality of how how the father feels about his son. Mark's that special relationship they share together. There is no other son the father has. It's only one. Jesus is unique. He did what only he could do. Now, we're all children of God, but we who chose to choose to follow Jesus, we're just adopted into the family with one son. And when the father looks at at his son, he sees the one who was there with him at the beginning when the world was created. He sees the one who would show what what the sacrificial nature of the father looked like by agreeing to take on flesh and come to earth with a purpose. And he sees... The one and only who could implement the plan that would solve this problem. See, the father got his hands dirty. 
He displayed amazing unselfishness by the gift of Jesus because he knew this gift was going to hurt. See, the father understands what sacrifice is. He, he gave his son to a world that was going to reject and kill him. By, by the way, okay. We see, we see this symbol here. And we see it as a symbol of love that it is. This was an indescribable form of torture that was kept for the most heinous of criminals. A terrible way to die. The book of, uh, of Deuteronomy, Old Testament, tells us that cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree, and Jesus was hung on the tree to pay the price for us. See, God gave the only one who could satisfy the debt each, of one of, each one of us had piled up by walking away from the path of the Father. See, the, the cross is central to our faith. Erasing sin requires a blood sacrifice. Now, this goes all the way back to the Old Testament, and, and the problem with the old way of taking care of, of the sins was that they simp- the, it simply rolled the sin forward. Okay? It covered up what had been done, but we were always going to sin more. And so if we wanted to continue to keep up with the sins that were piling up, we had to keep having those sacrifices made. God says there's got to be a better way, and he said there is, and I'm going to show you how to do it. I don't know if you've ever given a gift or talking to somebody about giving a gift and you just ask the question, hey, how much is it? Right? You ever think about the conversation the father had with the son before Jesus left heaven? Here's what it's going to take, son. We're going to get this thing cleared up. Here's what it's going to take. What do you think? I've been reading through John the past week. Jesus told his listeners over and over again what was coming. He referred to the cross all the time. And, and his, his followers would say, no, no, that's not you. No, no I'm not going to listen to that. No, you're mistaken. We're, that can't happen. This was God's plan for us. He knew the sacrifice had to be made, but it had to be the perfect sacrifice by the perfect person or it wouldn't work. Jesus knew his purpose. And he focused his eyes on the goal and he went all the way to the finish line at the cross. It's interesting to me when Jesus says on the cross, he says three words, it is finished. It's interesting because this phrase is a business term. In fact, tax receipts from the Old Testament have been found. And basically, the tax receipts has this word on it, clank, it is finished. Basically, paid in full. And so when Jesus died on the cross, every sin we've ever committed, every one we ever will commit, is paid for. Erased. See, Jesus did what only he could do. In fact, if you want to check out more on this, I encourage you today, read Revelation 5. Jesus did what only he could do. The only one in the history of the world who could do what was done. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. This verse is so incredibly important because it shows us who the father is and how it works. It shows us the value he places on every one of us. 
And it shows us not only what obedience to the Father looks like, but it shows the residual effects that flow into our lives when we choose to follow him. Now, God does give us a choice when it comes to following him, but more on that next week. So what should we learn from this? Well, I think God demonstrates two characteristic traits that we can plug into practice in our own lives. Here's the first one. We have a God who is involved in our lives. We see his involvement in so many different ways. I, I think back to that picture I shared at the first part of the message today. I look at that star, and I realize the involvement the Father had. When he saw our predicament, he stepped in, and he sent his answer. So we have a sign of, we had a sign of his involvement right back there in December. That was on the 22nd of December. It was incredible. And my friends, there are signposts of his involvement all around us, all the time, if we want to look for it. I was thinking about that on my drive up here today, and just looking around me, that you really are, Father, your hand is everywhere, if we look. So I want to encourage you, first of all, to look for the Father at work around you today. And when you see a sign of his involvement, just thank him. Thank him for who he is, for how he shows up. And then there's a thing that goes right along with this. Since he's involved in our lives, I believe we can follow his example by choosing to get involved in what's going on around us. And maybe it's extending a kind word to someone or, or making a phone call to someone you know who could use a, a little touch of encouragement, or making time to pray with someone who's in need. I mean, is there an organization you know that could use the talents that you have? Whatever it might be, when you see a point where you can make a difference, I want to encourage you, don't wait for the perfect moment. Just step in. Get involved. See what happens. See what happens. And this is closely followed by the second trait of the Father. He gave his best. You know, we are never more like the Father when we choose to give. I want to encourage you to give generously in the week ahead. Give of your time to someone. You know, let's let's allow some margin in our life, okay? Let's make space so that when when you see somebody you can reach out and touch, you don't have to say, man, I don't have time for that right now. No, make, make margin, make time. Give your attention to someone around you. I mean, who around you could use a listening ear? Maybe it's a child or, or your grandchild or, or some of your, someone in your family. Who could just use you to step up and listen to? And give of your resources. I mean, do you know someone who could use maybe a grocery card or a gas card? Or maybe someone who could just use some conversation. You just take them out to eat or coffee and pick up the tab. We're never more like God. Then when we give. So you guys understand. Followers of Jesus follow the example of Jesus. And you know what the example Jesus followed? He said, I do what my father did. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Man, what love. And what a gift Jesus is. Let's pray. Father, thank you for that so love you have for us. Thank you for your willingness to give, even though it hurt. Jesus, thank you for doing what only you could do. Thank you for loving us enough to give of yourself so that we could have a relationship back with the Father. And it's in your name 
We thank you and we praise you. Amen.